Hi, I'm Rachel O'Mara. I'm the host of the PauseCast. I'm also the author of Pause, Harnessing the Life-Changing Power of Giving Yourself a Break, as well as a private coach for men and women who are struggling with how to get out of overwhelm and reclaim their lives. The PauseCast is dedicated to helping individuals learn the tools and be more self-aware that we can all be more capable of to live our best life, to reach our potential. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular, I invite you to download my free gift to you, which is a blueprint called The Three Keys to Stay Out of Overwhelm and Thrive. The blueprint is available at my website, www.rachelomera.com. Get it today so you can start to implement these tools that we can all learn. And that's what the PauseCast is all about. Hi, it's Rachel here. And today we've got a really, really solid topic for all you female business leaders out there. And I'm thinking of it like the secret weapon, the secret weapon female business leaders all need to succeed and not only succeed, but feel really good in the workplace. And guess what this secret weapon might be? Lo and behold, secret sauce, pick your words. You know, you've heard me talk about it maybe before, but it is emotional intelligence, EQ. And I'll share a little bit about why this is so important to me, why it's what I see as the window and the gateway into different things that are possible at work, but also why it matters so much. And you're going to hear more about that as we get into it. So for those of you who don't know me, maybe you know me a little bit, My, uh, you might know a little bit about my story, but basically, long story short, I was at Google working in technology, client services, and I burned out. And the reason why I burned out, if I look back on it now, is because I really wasn't present. I wasn't aware of how I felt. I wasn't able to communicate it. And I didn't really act on anything that felt like it was in service to my own awareness. Meaning I kind of just really stuck to the basics of tasks and to-dos, getting stuff done because I had been an achiever all my life. I was a really, really good achiever, a really good high achiever, probably like you, where you can do things really well. In my case, I had an MBA. I had worked in big cities and companies, and I was a national champion rower. I had owned my own house by the time I was 35 like in San Francisco. like there, There's just a lot of things that I would say could have put me in those boxes of, of, of an achiever, meaning I thought I could do anything if I put my mind to it. And guess what happened? Well, can you put your mind to how your body works with emotions and how you respond in the moment with things? You can kind of think about it a lot, but can you actually pull it off and do it? The answer is no. And the reason for that is that the that the body and emotions are 400 times faster in response than your thinking brain, which means Time and time again, you will always <laughs> lose, your mind will always lose to your emotional limbic brain, your emotional center, which is called the limbic brain in your, in your brain uh, each and every time, because this is really the flight and fight mode, which turns on and off at a, in, a, in mo literally moments 
and can leave you spinning if you're not careful, if you're not aware of what and how to do things differently. So that's what we're talking about today in terms of why emotional intelligence matters. Because what happened was I ended up learning this later and I learned a ton and I got my master's in it. I now coach on it and help other women who are trying to get out of overwhelm so that they can feel good again at work or rise to the next level of leadership and do all these amazing things that you know you can do, but not feel so stressed out about it and feel really nourished by it, feel really, really, really good. And we cannot do that unless we are really dialed in with our own EQ. So let's jump in. Successful companies are taking notice, by the way, of emotional intelligence and this trend. In fact, they're conducting their own studies sometimes, including those with top leaders. One particular competency analysis reviewed technical IQ, sorry, technical skills, IQ, and emotional intelligence. And they found that emotional intelligence proved to be twice as important as the other jobs at all levels. I mean, that's a pretty big one. And that's from 2001 in, a, in the HBR, What Makes a Leader. In addition, when we look at senior leadership, nearly 90% of the difference in star performance in, performers and average ones is in their profiles of emotional intelligence rather than cognitive ability. So again, EQ is proving itself to be a big differentiator. Not only that, EQ has twice the power of IQ to predict performance. And whether it's the thinking neocortex brain, that's our prefrontal cortex, or the emotional limbic brain, which is that amygdala and where we, where we process emotions that's super fast as a processor, they both clear, clearly play a role in business and we need both of them. However, what Goldman says is that 80 to 90% of the competencies that differentiate top performance are in the domain of emotional intelligence. So all of this is really, really good data just to back us up knowing this is no small topic. Uh, I'll, I'll keep sharing a few more things because I, I think these points are great. And they were all based on high EI factors. To name a few, for example, the US Air Force screened for EI during its recruitment resulting in immediate gains and saved $3 million annually. That's pretty awesome. And competency research in over 200 companies and organizations suggests that about a third of the differences in, is due to technical skills, but cognitive ability, uh, well, sorry, about one third of this difference in 200 companies is due to technical skills and cognitive ability, but, what, but, but two thirds of the differences is due to the emotional competence. So all, what is all this saying? All of it's saying, we need our emotions to be at our best, especially at work. As a female professional leader, you are in control of your feelings, really. You get to decide, you know, what do I get to share and what do I don't? And all of us are, frankly. The people who are able to create an environment of trust and fairness, comfortable with their feelings and also able to express them responsibly. Without your EI truly harnessed, that you need both your cognitive intelligence and your emotional intelligence to maximize leadership and growth potential so that you can ultimately change your behavior and shift your unconscious beliefs that might be blocking you, feeling like you aren't okay to express, or maybe you're not, it's not okay to be angry, or you have to feel like you need to please everybody. 
These are all things that can show up in the workplace that might not feel necessarily that good for us. And look at kids, right? If you've got kids at home, maybe you have nieces and nephews, they live in this constant state of free-flowing emotions without blocks from these unconscious mistaken beliefs. And as soon as we are born, literally, our emotions are what are uniting us with ourselves. And children are so good at this. So if you are wondering, you know, how do I show up? The good news is as an adult, you get to regulate that, right? So we have more of this governing body around how I show up with my emotions versus let's say a two-year-old throwing a tantrum, right? Like that's a little different. However, we can still use kids as an example to say, you know, when I'm connected with my feelings, I, I get to say what I need and I'm heard and seen because I'm not holding back usually. And as adults, we, we lose that. We get conditioned out of this. We have to reclaim it. We have to go back and figure out what do I do to feel whole again in this space of emotions. A lot of times when we lose sight of that, we just aren't as effective as leaders and we don't get the following behind us and ideas and motivation and drivers that we could. And then we just don't end up doing our jobs as well as we could. We don't end up feeling as impactful. So I hope that this has been helpful for you today and given you some food for thought to chew on. If you feel like you could use some support around being a female business leader and harnessing that EQ, because it really is a core, core skill, and all learn these skills if we are given the tools to do so. I'd love to see you and I'd love to support you so that you can rise to your next level of leadership as you master your emotional intelligence. It's totally, totally possible for you. If I can do it, you can do it. You may not know this, but living and expressing emotions is so key to any type of business work. And, he, and that sounds so counterintuitive, but think of it like, you know, if you're at a job working day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, even if it's just one year, there is personal growth involved, most likely. And I think this term emotional intelligence means a lot of different things. It's such a buzzword. We hear it all the time. What does it really mean, right? And so depending on who you ask, it can be different things. So where I studied at the Wright Graduate University, they define it as emotional awareness with emotional facility, right? Knowing how you are feeling and having the skills to do things with your emotions, meaning how do you manage them? How do you read them and utilize them and express? If you talk to Dr. Daniel Goleman, he wrote the book on emotional intelligence. He talks about it as the ability to recognize one's own and other people's emotions and to discriminate between different feelings so that you can label them appropriately, appropriately and use emotional information to guide thinking behavior. There's a great podcast on the podcast here that you can listen to actually with Daniel Goleman himself. So you can hear about it firsthand, right? And so he's really the person, Dr. Goleman, who developed this idea that non-cognitive skills are as important as IQ, which is why we call it EQ, especially for workplace success. So this work has only been around the last 25, 30 years in business. So when I think about why aren't people more aware of this? Why don't we talk about emotions? Why don't we teach this at school? Well, it's because it's only 25 years old. So things take time to catch on, but here's the cool part. You can do your part and start to talk about it. Start to help others learn and be more aware of what this really is. As a, as a social scientist, we can all learn these skills. And that's really, I truly, truly believe this. And we can all bring these to work. 
And especially think about it like a female businesswoman, right? Why is it our secret secret sauce as individuals to be tapped into our emotions, to access them? Um, we actually have, there's some great stats on this. We are loaded with emotional intelligence. We just need to know how to access it, how to harness it, how to put it in, put it in a way at work that really works well for us. And then we are able to express ourselves better and more, more potently so that others can understand where we're coming from. We can be better influencers because emotions are actually a lot of what is read in the room, right? I think 7% of what you say is what people get when you speak. It's actually more about body language and about tone. And those come from emotional intelligence. So there's all kinds of good stuff here where that can be applied. It's also the most requested Harvard Business Review article of all time that in 1998 was also written by Daniel Goleman. So like there's clearly stuff going on here, right? And so these concepts of linking emotions and how we can be successful at work were really truly linked for the first time back in those mid nineties and how this can help us be better business leaders. So I wanna share a few of those ways and I wanna take you through each one and think about your own self. Like how do you do in this area versus maybe how you how would you want to be? And don't think about it like comparing yourself to anyone that's never a win game, right? It's about yourself. So maybe you think about it like, where would I want to be here versus how is my ideal? So the first competency in these four key attributes is, is self-awareness, knowing one's own emotions. So high self-awareness individuals are able to speak accurately and openly. Maybe they're not doing that in a way that feels something like totally letting your guard down or being confessional, you use your emotions to have an impact. And your self-awareness is the foundation of everything else that follows. I think of it like self-awareness is the gateway to really unfolding what I'm capable of. And so uh, I had a guest on the podcast recently who just said, you know, I used to, I used to be like, well, what do you mean self-awareness? I, I am self-aware. You know, I, I know I'm, I know I'm special. I know I'm individual. I'm like, yes, that's true. But I think it means really being an, an observer mind when you do feel heated or when things aren't going your way, how could you do things differently? I actually heard self-awareness described as consciousness the other day. So the more self-aware you are, the more conscious you are. And you can kind of think of that as well, if it's helpful. So the second competency, so that's self-awareness, the second competency is self-regulation, and that's sometimes called self-management. All that means is it's able you're able to manage your emotions. So it's not only knowing how you are, but what are you doing to regulate that? And that might be in conversation. Maybe it's with a conversation with a direct report that's struggling or with a manager that you're not on the same page with, right? It could be very different. Third one is social skills. So this is about managing relationships and being in rapport with others. So it might be things like knowing how things are going, right? Are you building trust with someone? Is there maybe a new agreement that you're working on or a new marketing strategy you have in mind that you want to be enthusiastic about a product? Like all of those things can be shared socially. The next one is empathy or taking one's feelings into account. 
with layoffs happening, a down economy, things that aren't going well, we want to put so, put ourselves in someone else's shoes. And that's really important in leadership. But just imagine, you know, how would someone feel if, if that was you going through that? Or you just, you know, you have that, that empathy for someone, maybe someone's moving on to something different and you want nothing but the best for them. And then motivation is another characteristic where this is really just knowing that you have passion for the work itself. It's not just achieving for the sake of it. We all need to know where we are in these different competencies. So think about your own competencies. How are you doing with things like motivation? Are you motivated? Do you motivate others? Even though it's their own job to motivate, are you also showing up to support them? Are you empathetic? Do you feel like you're one of the leaders out there who is able to help others feel seen and heard. And that's really what it comes down to with empathy. I think it's such an important skill. And we've heard a lot of this so important, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing at work, I think we can all develop this as a, as a skill as well. And when I think about these things as a business corporate leader, especially as a female leader, can move the needle on how I want to be at work, whether it's if I want to be seen and heard, show up and be responsible for how I act and deliver or participate in a meeting or you know, make business decisions. I can do them feeling secure and sound in what I do, as well as know how to reach out and build the rapport with others who may not be on the same page with me or rapport. And all of these are big skills, right? These are, these are hard. We don't really go to school for these, even if you have a business degree. I mean, I have an MBA. I didn't learn any of this stuff, I think, pretty much in my two and a half years of school. In fact, it was four years part-time. So that's the good news. I think we can all, all learn it. And if you are curious about what to do next, so if maybe you feel like you're pretty good in all those boxes, awesome. The next step is to continue to develop it and apply the knowledge. So every day, moment by moment, you could be checking in with yourself. That's the self-awareness part. You can evaluate, you know, how did I do expressing what I needed to say right there? Did I hold back? Did I express it responsibly? Did I take action? Did I say nothing? Did I deny it? Like all of those are just good data points to know where you are with it. How am I reading the room? Am I doing that okay on knowing what's needed as well as how I can respond? And then am I, am I sharing and showing empathy, caring for others, knowing what is needed and what can help someone move forward or conversation move forward? And motivation, can I continue to stay motivated myself and feel like this is purposeful for me? versus just, just showing up to tick off the boxes or to show up and achieve for achievement's sake and strive. So these are the questions to reflect upon if you're wondering how you're doing with emotional intelligence. And I invite you to continue to be curious about it because it is not going to go away. We are so tapped in and we so desperately need, in my opinion, more leaders who are tuned in to bring these types of skills to the workplace. And I think as a woman business leader, you are so important. You are so important for these skills. We're so under-indexed in them, undervaluing them in a world where we have over-indexed in a lot of other skills, as you probably know. <laughs> Burnout's at an all-time high, right? One out of three corporate 
individuals experience it in healthcare. I don't even want to talk about that. I think it's one and two. And we need you. We need others. We need people leading the way all the time in this. So continue on your journey to learn more. I invite you to keep tuning into the podcast, pick up a copy of the book, pause. And the book is great as a start, but there's so much more. And, and as you know, we need to apply what we learn, which means doing things different. And reading a book isn't usually enough. I'm excited for you to give this a try. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I will see you next time on the podcast. Ziva Meditation is our sponsor for this podcast episode. My meditation teacher and author, Emily Fletcher, created the Ziva Meditation Self-Care Center. It's full of powerful tools to help you go from worrier to warrior. It's a great way to get started and get to know how meditation can serve you. Her 15-day course, Ziva Online, is something you may want to look into at some point and what I've also taken. Inside the Ziva Self-Care Center are literally thousands of resources for you, including visualizations, weekly recordings of her calls, global meditations, bodywork, guest experts, and tools for kids and parents. And the best part is it's all free. To get started, head over to tinyurl.com slash pause slash Ziva Self-Care. That's tinyurl.com slash pause, P-A-U-S-E dash Ziva Self-Care, all one word, Ziva Self-Care, to get access today. So my favorite one right now, just to share, is this manifering versus manifesting recording. You've got to watch it. Thanks for listening today to the PauseCast. If you haven't already, please subscribe so that you don't miss a show. And if you haven't already, please rate us, leave your review. We would love to hear from you and help us get the word out. If you know of anyone who you think might benefit from the tools or discussions that you've found helpful, then invite them to join us. Share the PauseCast with those who you think might find this useful to become more self-aware. Remember, sharing is caring. I'll see you next time on the PauseCast. Cast.